It's time for class. Civics just doesn't begin and end on election day. This is Sunday Civics, the home for the civically engaged with political strategist L. Joy Williams on Sirius XM's Urban View. Welcome, welcome to Sunday Civics, the home for the civically engaged. I am your host, your civics teacher and your neighborhood political strategist, L. Joy Williams. And I am so delighted that you made it to class this morning, this wonderful Sunday morning. I, I, I don't know why I'm so happy, why I'm so joyous. Loree Daniel Favors, our social justice uh, lawyer, June, um, like the month, Moses, like the Bible. You know, some I just woke up with this overwhelming joy this morning. And, you know, I don't know what it could be. June, do you possibly know what it could be? Is it just something in the air? Is it because it's like 70 degrees Have you outside? Have running around without Spanx and feeling free? Has that, um, is that what that, it is? You do anymore? You've given that up? Well, that has contributed to things. Because of the pandemic, I have not worn Spanx in a very long time. I don't even know what oh, I would Spanx. do if I tried to put one of them on right now. Laree, is it the weather as to the reason why I feel this sort of, these endorphins and things just swelling up around me? You know, I... All I know, Joy, is that I woke up this morning and my soul said, hallelujah. <laughs> and I had to remember what it was I was so appreciative for. I just, it just, a wave of relief just flowed over me. And I just, from the crown of my Afro to the tip of my pedicure, just had to shout. I, I was thinking Black Jesus. I was thinking the Orishas. I was thinking Black Buddha. I was thinking Allah. Not Black Buddha. <laughs> June, um, I feel like possibly that the news this weekend that finally hit, that people were waiting for for days, where news organizations finally called the presidential race, the presidential contest for uh, Vice President Joe Biden, and he is now the president-elect, but more importantly, June Moses, um, there is a woman named Kamala Harris, who was the district attorney in California, who then became the senator from California and is now Mm -hmm. June Moses and Laree Daniel Favors going to be the vice president of these United States. Kamala, make sure you say her name right, Kamala Devi Harris is going to be the vice president of the United States. It could be that that is the reason... Um, and you know why? It's because, it's because it has to be because, it has to be because of the overwhelming, huh? I thought we were supposed to get our shout out. I know. I felt I, I needed some organs or <laughs> something to go to go along with me on it. So I am very optimistic. I am very happy. I'm very optimistic about what is about to happen, June, because ding dong, the orange witch is dead. <laughs> he is gone. He is gone. A tambourine. I needed. I needed my church music or something to be like. But you know, overall, I I, I have something for for this mood that we are in right now um and i think it's apropos because it starts with who delivered this victory that we are in right now it did not come because of angels from africa it didn't come because of that it came because actual organizers actual people who know how to organize who know how to work with other people the blackness keep the key 
It's the blackness. Listen. Stacey Abrams and Latasha Brown and L. Joy Williams. Uh, the organizers in Philly, organizers in uh, um, uh, Detroit, organizers in Georgia that still are uh, continuing to do work um, as it stands right now, um, who are making sure that people deliver their victory. And let's be clear, uh, June, this victory isn't for Joe Biden or in, for the country. I, I'm trying to get people to, to uh, this isn't something delivered to save democracy as much as people organizing to save themselves from American <laughs> exceptionalism and from uh, not just Donald Trump's uh, leadership, but sort of the entirety of how the government comes down on communities of color, on immigrants, um, on the poor, the working poor. People are out here, these black women are out here saving ourselves. The byproduct is that when we are saving ourselves and our communities, it actually bodes well for the democracy and for the country overall. But we're not out here doing this because we got to save white people and save white people's country and save white people's America. We out here trying to present, prevent our families, our children and everybody from going off the cliff because we already on the edge of the cliff. Listen, if the outcome had been different, I believe President-elect Joe Biden and Madam Vice President-elect Kamala Harris, we're going to put some respect on her name, <laughs> they would have been fine. I'm sure they would have been hurt and, you know, it would have been sad, but they would ultimately have been fine. Our communities, however, might have to be navigating the purge right now as we speak. <laughs> so this is not about saving the Democrats. I'm so glad you said that. This is not about uh, saving this country. This is about making sure we create, we use the tactics and strategies available to us to create the conditions so that our organizing can continue to create more freedom and liberation for African people. Mm -hmm. right, so this is not that, and I'm so glad you said that because a lot of times people get it twisted. Oh, y'all just doing this for the Democrats? No, I'm doing this so I don't have to flee the country. I'm doing this so we don't have to absorb a massive black migration of people out of spaces where they're going to be physically harmed because purge Trump version has started. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. A rising tide lifts all boats and why people seem to skip over that every single time and try to give it a label. What is it with Americans and a label? It's like, look, we doing what we have to do to move ahead. And if you happen to benefit from it, cool. If you don't get out the way, because we still have things to do. So all the whining we heard prior to this point, hopefully you now understand that there's more for you to learn about how we make this sausage. And it would behoove you to start now because there's an election every year. This is just one. What are we doing next year? What are we doing the year after that? So all y'all who had a lot to say, come on now. Let's get into it. Let's let's really get civically engaged. Let's have, come, do your part to write, get this this uh, surf going. Do your part to get that tied up. Come on. There's room for all y'all yeah. in this boat. Well, I'm going to uh, take a quick break here. But when we come back, I want to talk about while we are celebra uh, celebrating, obviously. Um, and, I, you know, all the show today is talking about the, the uh, multiple moods that we are all in at this particular time, particularly those of us who organize, who do work on an ongoing basis. We are optimistic and celebratory about a change, particularly because we, people of color, women, <laughs> are on the cliff. We're near the cliff, 
And we saved ourselves and our families and our communities from being pushed over. Now, we're a little bit further from the from the edge, Lurie. However, this man is still in the White House until January. And so we need to be aware of what we need to do to stay vigilant until he has been completely evicted. Um, but then there's still work to do after that. Right, June? So we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to talk about <laughs> all of that when we come back. More on Sunday <laughs> Civic. <laughs> yes, evicted. Uh, we'll be <laughs> we'll be right back. Who is the T-Shot? I will let you know. Welcome back to Sunday Civics. I'm your civics teacher, L. Joy Williams, who is in a celebratory mood. Um, there will be lessons today, but, you know, mainly optimism, celebration, things of that nature. But I wouldn't be a proper civics teacher if I did not give you some of the basics and some of the facts. But, Lurie, um, the lesson in here is that it's not like he's going immediately. Right. He is still there. The transition does not happen. You know, transition begins. Yes, um, the president-electness team, they already have a transition committee in place. Remember, there is still also, while we the election has been so-called called, um, there are still the certified results that need to happen. And there are a number of lawsuits um, because the current president, that was part of their strategy, is to do lawsuits in all of these states about the count. So there will be recounts in um, a, a number of other uh, states. Georgia, I think, has already called and said that they will do a recount. Pennsylvania will do one. All these states will do a recount. But then there's also what is called canvassing of the results in certain Certain states in New York, we do this as well. Even after we've counted all of the ballots, they then do a canvas, which is basically a test to make sure that they get the same results from their count. That'll happen, and then you'll have certified results by the end of the month, latest probably the beginning of December. This is all normal because most times when we watch elections, you think the winner is done by the time you go to bed, you know who the winner is, and you go on about your life. Meanwhile, there are poll workers still showing up to count absentee ballots, count provisional ballots, all of the data and paperwork that needs to be done before results are actually certified. So despite um, Trump administration or other people ginning up this idea that there's some sort of massive fraud happening, this happens every single election, this kind of process, right? Even in New York, where we know what the outcome is going to be in the um, state of New York, there are still provisional ballots to validate absentee ballots, things of that nature. Some states have up until um, Monday or Tuesday to receive votes that were postmarked on a particular day. So all of that is normal. You just get to see it out in the open. Not that it was being hidden before, but more or less nobody paid attention. Nobody cared right before. So now um, you get to see that bureaucracy, those policies and, and state laws play out. Because remember, elections are not administered by the federal government. Elections are administered by state states, right? States determine who is eligible to vote. States determine the process by which you vote and the materials used down to the paper, down to the paper, the pen, the signs posted, how the distance, right, June, that signs have to be posted and locations by which poll sites can happen. All of that is done on the state level and policies done on the local level. So when you're talking about being engaged and being involved, yes, you can be in involved in, you know, national elections like this, but you also have to be involved in the minutiae or know the minutiae that sort of contribute
attribute to those decisions. So recently, Larie, the um, lawsuit that's pending right now, um, I believe it's Pennsylvania, where they're putting a halt so far on counting those cure, what are called cure ballots or ballots that were done provisional to allow people to come, you know, and um, fix them before then. And uh, in one particular state, there's a lawsuit saying, put those to the side as you're counting. We have to figure out what to, like, the, <laughs> the judges have to figure out on the state law how, how to handle it, right? Because we're in an unprecedented situation. That's not something you can do on the federal level. You can't even do federal legislation on that. That is on the state level. No, absolutely. And I, I even though this is a part of the process that people typically zone out for, I'm really encouraging people to pay very close attention to what's happening because they're, you know, as we you said, he has not quite gotten the boot yet. He still has 60 plus days um, where he will still be occupying this particular position and title. Um, you want to make sure that you are watching how your state electors are operating. We want to make sure that we don't have the so-called faithless electors who are the people who are actually able to cast the votes for the actual president. Remember, we don't have a direct uh, election for the presidency. We vote for electors who will then choose the president uh, or make the, the people's decision about who should be president formalized. Um, so pay attention, be aware, find out what's happening Find out how your board of elections um, is handling this part of the process. Know what the rules are. There are some states where you can literally uh, watch as they are live streaming the canvassing process, as they are live streaming the process of counting the votes. It was interesting. I was watching Fox News the other night uh, because I like to know what everyone's listening to. And they were talking about the fact that, well, you know, we can't see the ballots. And we, we you know, the Republicans were making a lot of arguments that indicated they weren't able to observe. And then the Fox News reporter was like, yeah, that, that's, that, that's not true. That's not true. That's that's actually just not true. And I was shocked. I had to check and make sure what channel I was on. Um, I think everyone's sort of having a, a blast of truth serum right now um, because you could actually see the live stream of the count as it was happening. Um, so just be aware of what's going on. Just know that rushing into court, waving your complaint and your lawsuit in your hands does not mean you have a winning argument. In fact, I believe as of today or as of yesterday, um, there were zero, there were seven lawsuits, eight lawsuits that had been filed by Republicans contesting various portions of, of the count, and they had lost all of them. So be aware that saying you're going into court doesn't mean you have evidence, and that's really what's been lacking um, in every single one of these cases is actual evidence of voter fraud, which is not a surprise to those of us who have been listening, because we know voter fraud is like a non thing. Um, so be aware, watch, take, take, pay attention to what's happening and watch for executive orders and watch for continued judge placements. In these next couple of months, he still has the capacity to do a lot of harm. Watch for that. Be aware about what that looks like um, and pay attention. This is not time to party so hard that we zone out. Yeah, somebody, some, somebody got to be at the door. Um, so for those of us who know about watch night services or, you know, revivals when you're in there all night because, you, you know, in prayer meeting all night, there, if you're in church in general, brothers are at the door, June. And brothers are at the door because while we are praying, while we are doing the Lord's business, somebody got to watch because the Bible said watch as well as pray. Right. So we do the works, but we also watch to see what else may be happening and make sure that mm -hmm. we have somebody at the door. So uh, yes. we need somebody at the door. 
making sure yes. that at in these last come you know 60 days or whatever that he has uh, left that all of these things are happening now this is the reason Laree why Miles doesn't he's not in overly celebratory mood because he's like Mitch McConnell still exists right so it's just like yes we got a new president we'll have a new administration things will be touchy feely you know and we won't have to worry about what the president has said internationally or tweeted or anything like that but will he be able to get as much done when Mitch McConnell has consistently from a Democratic administration to a Republican administration only cared about getting things that he wants done and not necessarily negotiate or be in this bipartisan mood that people seem to believe that he will be in with Joe Biden just because they friends don't mean he gonna open the floodgates of the Senate and start passing legislation that the House has sent him that has been in the Mitch McConnell graveyard for some time. I always did like Miles. I always <laughs> thought he was a very reasonable man. Um, and you know, like him, you know, Brian and I were like, do we have to flee the country if this man wins again? Like, how how should we approach this? Like, so like right right now, like we don't have to flee the country, you know, in in a, in a fear of the of the the racist purge, as I've been calling it. Um, you know, we still have a lot of structural opposition to progressive change in place. And, you know, this is why paying attention to what's happening with those two runoffs for the Senate position, Senate seats in Georgia is going to make, is going to be so important. We have an opportunity um, to create a situation where we can minimize the harm that Mitch McConnell can cause, but that's going to require boots on the ground, which is why I am throwing all my extra coin at Stacey Abrams. I'm throwing all my extra coins at Good Fight Georgia, uh, organizations that are looking at getting out the turnout because there's still work to be done. Joe Biden in that seat definitely is not, uh, is going to create a completely different reality than a Trump in that seat. However, if we're not just talking about positioning, we want to see actual progressive change. We have to make sure that we do everything that we can to get that Senate. And while I am a fan of giving money to, to campaigns, I think we saw with some Senate races recently where uh, very successful, uh, amazing candidates did phenomenal with fundraising, but they did not have the turnout that they needed. And so I am really looking to invest all my extra coin um, and making sure that the organizations that you mentioned in the beginning, those those true angels who are on the ground are going to be able to do the work of turning out additional voters in the state of Georgia for those two runoffs to make the Senate much more competitive and to minimize the Mitch factor. Yeah, because we need to replicate ourselves, June, right? So people are hailing the contributions of Black women like Latasha, like say like, you know, Stacy. But, you know, even Stacy and others are telling folks now, like, it just wasn't us. <laughs> like, it wasn't me by myself knocking on doors and engaging people. This were people and communities that we actually invested in, that we trained, that we organized to sort of build this community operation, again, about saving our communities and saving things for ourselves that resulted in this byproduct of winning an election. Now, what happens if we have more entities, if we have more people invested in that kind of strategy, what we could do, what people in the South could do with more resources. It, we don't need people to go down South and be disrupting. They, you know, they are, what you need to do is give them resources and give them and listen to ways that they need to increase the work that they've already been doing. But at the same time, you know, all of us who are organizers would tell you, we're trying to replicate ourselves. We're not trying to make ourselves the only people that can organize and turn out voters. 
we're trying to train and engage future generations, current generations to do that same work and have them connected to work for not only electoral politics, electing a candidate, i.e. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, but then what does that look like post-election? What does it look like after turning out so many voters and engaging so many voters in conversations and in a message that was empowering enough for them to come out to vote, not only to beat Trump, because the message of let's beat Trump, let me tell you, did not work. It was the let's beat Trump and let's beat Trump by organizing a win for ourselves to get someone who is more apt to listen to the needs of our people. Let's beat Trump and put someone in office um, uh, that is more willing, you know, to address the issues of climate change, more willing to talk about uh, the working class families that they know are black and brown and not just white folks because white folks is the only middle class and working poor people that some people know right they wanted to put someone in office at least this person at least this administration will be more willing to do so now we still got to fight we still have to do the work to make sure that the administration that we helped elect is doing the things that we put them there to do because as I say all the time how can somebody represent you if they never hear from you right so the goal isn't to just put Joe Biden and Kamala Harris in office and then go party for three years and then come back and be like oh you come here you come around again you only come on election time rather than forcing and asking the question what are you going to do about climate change what are you going to do about justice reform what are you going to do about this Rona economy <laughs> like what what are you going to do that is going to a benefit and I want to see, I, I want you to show your work, June, right? So people will tell, <laughs> elected officials kind of do this all the time and they do it to me in my face sometimes and then I have to like remind them of who they talking to when they're like, just trust us. I'm like, no, I don't, I don't trust you. Show your work. You know how you did that in school when you had to do math and this is like, it's not just give me the right answer. It's show me the work. Show me how, show me what you traded to get there. Show me what you allowed, what else you allowed, what other vote you are not uh, voting for what other legislation you're not going to do or what other cuts that you've done to get to this point so don't just tell me i'll get it done and pat me on my head show me the work show mm -hmm. me how you're going to defend who you're going to have working on this right just don't have any old random come in here show me who you who's in your corner who's on your team what's going on show me who you're you fighting for show me when who you're fighting for when you walk into in january and you're in budget negotiation and you have to determine what services you need to cut um what communities don't get what show me the work show me who you're fighting for don't just put it out in media press releases and stuff i want to see the work of how you are going to defend the working people the people of color the black folks who busted they behind to save themselves and their communities how are you protecting them show us the work and if you can't well we're gonna have the holy rona that's all right we're gonna help you if you can't we have we can help you because we we have plenty of black smart women who got nothing but binders of plans so if you're stuck for a plan, you can pick up the phone and call. I'm pretty sure you've talked to them. Give them a call. Tell them bring down a plan. You, I mean, you talk to us to help us get to help you get more votes. You talk I'm, to us I'm to sure help us should. raise some more money. You talk yeah, to us yeah, to help course. us do some more texting, some more calls, and some more mm -hmm. things. You can pick up the phone and you can ask us um, who should we put on this commission to figure out what we do next on the economic recovery for states. 
right? These are the kinds of things that I'm sure and I'm hoping that Biden and Harris are thinking about now. Like I want to walk in day one with, we don't already did some of this commission work. We don't already did something. I'm walking in day one with, here are some immediate things that we're going to put into place to be able to address these issues. So some of the same people that they relied on for votes, some of the same people they relied on to text thousands of people across the country, make sure they were registered, make sure they had early vote information, make sure they came and corrected their ballots and things of that nature. Those are some of the same organizers and the same people that are also engaged, not just in electoral politics, but on a policy side that made sure that the issues that people were talking about that motivated people to the polls in the first place wasn't just let's beat Trump. It was more of we have an opportunity to address these issues if we have someone like Biden and Harris in the administration. This allows us to do this. So you're going to have to do that return. You're going to have to come back. You're going to have to say, remember when I asked you to text 5,000 people, 5 million people about this? I need you to text 5 million people because these senators are stalling on this legislation or on this economic plan that we have to give money to the states to be able to reboot their economy because they don't have any income coming in in this next year, right? So that is the kind of organizing that continues, that grows beyond elections. And it's the reason why we can't afford to go home, Listen, and not only that, because yes, amen, Ashe, and hallelujah to everything that you just said. I'm also going to add that we are going to remember the lessons that we learned during our eight-year love affair with Black Camelot, where many organizers and activists who were thrilled to have a Black president in the office were hesitant to press agendas. We were hesitant, and I'm not going to say we, because I'm, I'm just not. Some of us were hesitant to really force an agenda through out of a number of valid considerations. And I don't want to rehash what those considerations were. But what we are going to need to do is if the phone ain't ringing and whether the phone ain't ringing or not with someone calling us talking about the same people that helped me before I want to go back to you, we're going to start picking up the phones and making our own phone calls. Oh, I'm sorry. Was there a seat at the table that we were not invited to? Guess what? We're here. We got our own tables outside. We're just going to scoot your table down and our table is here. We are sitting at this table and we'll invite you to be a part of the conversation. Oh, I'm sorry. Was there a policy position that you did not think we were going to be consulted on? Not only are we going to be consulted, here's our policy perspective, because we knew we could not trust an elected official to fully represent all of the needs. So we did like other communities do. We we listened to L. Joy Williams on Sunday Civic. So we already got our plans and, and agendas. So here's what we want you to do. And we're just going to slide our agenda items across the table. Like when I first went into private practice, I was scared to tell people my prices. And then my mentor said, don't say nothing. Print out your prices and then just slide the <laughs> Right. So here's our agendas. Here's who we want on the commission here. And here are the three uh, black women we want on the Supreme Court. Here are the, So here's who we want. So we have agendas. We have plans. We are now here to talk about how you, the people we hire to do this, are going to implement the plans that we came up with. It's just that simple. We keep in the same energy. What is it? Same energy. That same energy that you had for us out in the streets to get people out to it. We keep in the same energy, Jim. Of course we are. And again, it's 
listen, if they think that we won't come over uninvited, please know, please know that we will still come. And if we have to do it that way, we may not be nice about it. But <laughs> Laurie just laid it out just like how the Heritage Foundation, all these people, when you go, how did they get this done? They actually do this. And now that we all know that we have these things, we're going to use these things. So either you invite us or we storm the Bastille. Either way, you don't hear us now. We did the work. It's, it's our time. That's it's our time. Thanks. Black voters about to flex. What? What? We about, to flex. <laughs> we about to flex this power, baby. And don't tell me I got the weight. Don't tell me oh. come home. This ain't the time. We just won. It's just the first hundred days. Let them figure it out. Nope. That's not what we sent them for. That is not no. what we sent you for. I need you to come you out the gate. I need you to come out the gate in the first hundred days on what's mm-hmm. like what's going on. So Miles was upset. Mm-hmm on the Supreme Court situation, Lurie, during the um, during the campaign because uh, Biden came out and said he was going to do a commission to figure out what to do about the judges. Miles was like, I don't need no commission. I need him to expand the court <laughs> and go from there. And I was trying to explain. I was like, babe, okay, so it's not just the Supreme Court, but he's he said he wants to also do this, you know, same thing on the federal bench, like have people figure out, okay, what's the best strategy to do it? He was like, nope, nope. I just want him to nominate he was like we ain't got time for that <laughs> we just i was like he didn't say that the commission was gonna be for three years he said you're just gonna do one to figure out like what the best path forward so there's a plan and you're just not doing stuff hands he's like nope nope i just just expand the court that's it listen i'm okay with the commission so long as you have an ellie mistal on said commission right so long as you have alani grenier on set a Sherilyn eiffel on said commission like those are the types of people i want to see on the commission however i I want the commission to recognize that we done already decided that we need expanded uh, seats on the Supreme Court. We done already decided that we need to expand the federal judiciary and increase the number of districts. So we have, we have already, see, this is what I'm saying. We're not going to the commission asking to be appointed. We are going to the commission bringing the plans our community has already agreed upon, and we're just going to slide it across the table. <laughs> say, this is what we want. We're we just sliding it across the table. We can save you the next hundred days of meetings we need another 15 or however many people on the supreme court we need we need this many uh circuit judges we need this so we done looked at the map and we ain't just shooting from the hip we done tallied up all the judges we done tallied up how many judges that were unqualified by the aba by the black ba by all the bas and how many (laughs) of them got placed in the position for the past three years we done added it up we know exactly how many seats we need to add. We're just going to slide. And that's in the appendix of the papers that we just slid across the table. So we to the commission very clear. Y'all, uh-huh. y'all got to meet. We don't, we don't already figured this out. We done did the work for you. But we don't need a commission. Okay, number one, we still putting together, thinking about maybe having a commission about reparations. So this country don't do well with, with commissions. It takes too long to be 80 years before you get like a big stack of stuff. And then it becomes, here's the thing. The plan is written. We already know. We need an extra. We already know what it is we need. Let's execute. We, I don't want to sit here and keep fiddling around. Brother Miles, I'm with you. Let's just do it. Let's just get get that, get out Louise's paper and let's just slide it across the table. We're going <laughs> to slide it across the table. We don't need no damn commission. We're going to slide it across the table and make demands. I'm going to not use my inside voice. 
Okay, so I, I will say that we do know historically what power does is, yes, they create the commissions or whatever. And as Larie mentioned, they already got the plan that they're going to execute. They just doing the commission and everything for transparency and the public sake. So we already know like what needs to happen. Yes. And we're going to slide it across the table at the commission situation and put everybody in it. So people from a very public standpoint could see the public vetting and the public dialogue and conversation that is real thought process happening on how the judicial branch is going to be reformed, not just the Supreme Court, but all of these district courts and things of that nature. Because, I mean, we've done a show about this before, about backlogging cases and things like that, that sort of further impact people, and particularly in the criminal system, that there is a significant problem with backlog and judicial process. So, you know, we that's on our list too, to address some of those things as well. So, you know, I have no problem with going in with our plan. I know that there are very capable people that have that in place. Similar to me, there are very capable people that I'm involved with as well that have a plan about reforming voting process here in the state of New York and as well in other states, right? So we already got our plan. We just need the state legislature to pass it and not come to be. And, you know, it was interesting to me during this election season, all of the state elected officials here in New York that were commenting about long lines, Larie, and they were commenting about certain process and bureaucracy that was happening. And I was like, huh, June, you know, I distinctly remember you actually being on that lobby trip with me when we were lobbying and talking about increased funding and training for poll workers, where we were talking about increased budget for board of elections in the state of New York, not just in the city, but because some of the board of elections in other parts of the state, their budgets to be able to execute an actual election, a presidential election, no doubt, is really tight. And I distinctly remember walking the halls, June, and talking to legislators about that and people was just like oh it's a lot of money and then but they was tweeting um, they insulted every single poll worker who was out there risking their life for democracy because when you show up to vote with a camera crew and you come up with cockamamie stuff at the last minute without consideration of what it is how people are moving and again it's a pandemic we're doing democracy in a pandemic but y'all want to be out here be a bunch of stunt queens y'all insulted every poll worker and every last one of you owe us an apology and come up with more money because this is ridiculous. Listen to Eljoy Williams too, because she does have a plan. I had to wear boots that day and everything. It was a long. It was so, because it was snowing people. when yes, we was, was up there. My feet, my feet, and then Larie, and then Larie, we also have legislation in the state legislature, and we're gonna have to reintroduce it, of uh, creating a New York State Voting Rights Law, a uh, Voting Rights Act here in the state of New York. And right now, people just like, oh, that's expensive. Um, where are we gonna get the money from and all that stuff? But they tweeting about it. The Twitter fingers are strong for voting rights support but the legislative votes are weak for the new york state voting rights act and this is what i need people to realize we do not yet have a federal voting rights act because of why the supreme court gutted the voting rights act in 2013 with shelby v holder so what you just saw for the past every election since 2013 when you have seen the long lines when you have seen people disenfranchised when you have seen the voter suppression as it has shown up since 2013 all of that was happening because we did not have the Federal Voting Rights Act. You need to ask yourself, where's our state version of the Voting Rights Act? Because states' rights right now is going to be real important, okay? You need a state Voting Rights Act as we are continuing to build support for the Federal Voting Rights Act. So I would just invite every single one of those New York state legislators <clears throat> to pick up your voting fingers as heavily and quickly as you pick up your Twitter fingers because there's legislation pending right now. 
It will, as you said, have to be reintroduced. But we literally are looking at the, the New York State Voting Rights Act, and I'm like, well, where are the votes? Because where, because where, where, where the co-sponsors at? Where the co? Because you, you're tweeting, you're tweeting. Where's the co-sponsor? I'm calling on my senator Brian Benjamin because you're good at digging in the crates and dusting things off and slapping your name on and getting it done. Come on, my brother, step in and get it done because you you do this. This is what you do. I'm calling on my senator. And and, and part of do. that, you, you ask them because part of the legislation also is beefing up the civil rights division of the attorney general the state attorney general's office our current state attorney general letitia james so they raising concerns because they're like i would love to do this but i ain't got the money or the people to do it so again it requires you to invest in the things that you tweet and then say that you won't i just want your tweets to match up with your votes you know that's all i'm asking i'm just saying if you tweeting about it I just want it to match up with your votes and make sure you a co-sponsor on it. So I'm gonna be looking and seeing how many people on out the gate, Lorene, right? Because I, I didn't save the tweets, I screenshotted them, and I've saved them so that when we do our lot our virtual lobby day and we're asking people where they are, I'm gonna have you know when we make those nice packets, June, that we send to people in advance and we tell them these are the issues that we want to work on and this is the things we're coming to talk about. I'm gonna have I, I want you, June, as you preparing the packets for me i want you to put the tweet on the front of the packet so that they see this what i'm coming here to talk about this right here is what i'm i'm, I'm coming put it on a t-shirt should we put it on the t-shirt <laughs> just like this right here see when on this day you tweeted about you know more resources for and this needed or whatever so i just want to see if your name is also on these bills right here that actually provides that i just want to see if your tweets match up okay i just i'm done you, you could have just said and ate your food. Ain't nobody telling you to tweet. <laughs> you could have just sat there and like been quiet. But you're gonna go on record tweeting about it. I'm and just... when we see your, your your voting record in Albany, we don't see no votes about it. You could have just sat there and ate your food. You but did. you know what? We gon' flex. We <laughs> gon' flex. What? What? We gon' flex. Black oh, voters black gon' flex. Voters gonna flex. I'm gonna be in. We gonna have the, the. I want the. I love long emails with instructions to the constituency groups that say this is the legislation at hand. Remember them three hours y'all was standing in line at the Barclays Center to vote. Remember them hours you were standing in line outside of the Brooklyn Museum to vote. These are the things that could resolve that. And we need you to call your senator and your sem- Oh, you don't know who your senator assemblyman is? A woman? Here's a link where you just type in your little old address and it's gonna tell you not only their name but their address in the email. Here's a script of what you can say when you pick up the phone and send in the email. Because like I said, they could have just sat there and ate their food. But now you're going on record talking about you need to support for the voters and voter disenfranchisement is wrong. Well, now we need you to put your votes where your tweets are. That's all I'm saying. Well, I'm going to take a quick break here so we can come out and close out um, and talk about briefly what comes next after this. We've already talked about some of the stuff we about to march in our hand. We about to be insufferable and do not apologize for it. So when we come back, I'm going to tell you how you can continue and what comes next when we come back with more Sunday Civics here on Sirius XM Urban View. How can it be that you love the most unlovable part of me? Of me. How could you see? Welcome back to Sunday Civics. We're still celebrating. And yes, Trump could do some things between now and January. We have to be on guard 
because he's already deciding he's not conceding the election and he's still going to legally fight, which is basically just bogging down people into lawsuits, right, which is spending more money. It's something that I feel like that's stuff he's done before, even in his private business, is if you continue to put people in lawsuits, people can't afford that, and then they break down, and then they don't get paid for their work, June, because forget it. I'm just letting it go because now I've spent more money than I was actually owed. He's doing it to the American people. It's like he's stiffing us for the work. that It's just like you owe us a check. Instead, you're going to continue to put us in court. And he's just doing it to the American people over and over again. It will feel some sort of satisfaction if we have to actually put him out. But I'm hoping somebody will actually talk some sense to him. Not that anybody has ever had to do that and been successful, but maybe somebody will talk some sense into him and he will just go and just be like, well, F y'all then, you know, whatever, and then move to Russia and then we don't have to hear from him ever again. But the truth is... We will have to hear from his supporters. We will have to hear from the white supremacists, the all of the institutions, the Proud Boys, the Boogaloos, the whoever, all of them that they're called. They will continue to still stir up things, particularly in states. We will still have militias to deal with. We will still have those kinds of things to deal with in this country, particularly because we have not, as a collective country, dealt with systemic racism in this institution wholesale. So we're still going to have to deal with that. And that is the type of things we're going to have to deal with when it comes to legislative sessions, when it comes to passing things, right? People are going to use Lurie. Well, uh, he's the president for everybody, not just the people that delivered this election for him. He already says that he's going to be the president for everybody and things like that. So that is going to be used against us as to the reason why we can't push our progressive agenda. Well, you know, that's just for for some of the people it's not but you know truth is everybody wants affordable health care so everybody wants an expansion of that everybody wants a job everybody wants you know um, their children to have a better education it doesn't matter their political party from that aspect but we're still going to have to do with those folks that are just the permanent would you say the permanent adversary right because it's not just Trump and Trumpism it's those permanent adversaries that exist as well that want to retain power and resources for themselves and they have a really Really well-funded and, and solidly structured apparatus to help them do that, right? The entire apparatchik, in, indeed, um, all of their institutions are still there. They've had the past four years to really shore up their uh, outreach, their organizing, their fundraising. And, you know, I'm reminded that when President Barack Obama uh, became president, he was like, you know, I'm not the president of Black America or White America. I'm a president of all Americans. And some people heard that and was like, see, I told you he wasn't going to represent us. And you know what our Latinx brothers and sisters did when they heard that? They got the Dream Act, right? Like they decide, okay, we gonna you you telling us what we gotta do? Because Joe Biden, even if he wanted to, can't just start saying you get a policy and you get a policy. <laughs> That's not how it works, right? People force the policies they want into play. The LGBTQ plus community, they got the end of don't ask, don't tell. Why? Because they heard that and said, you're right. You're not just going to be the president for us. So here's our agenda. Here's our sheet of paper with the appendix. And here's the table of contents. And they just slid it across the table. They stood outside the White House. They protested. They worked in the state houses. They made sure they manipulated. And and when I say manipulate, I mean in a good way. They manipulated all of the levers available to them to ensure that the president was going to respond to the their agenda. That is what black voters gonna do because we about to flex. So I just want to be clear 
Have, this is wonderful. This is beautiful. I agree. This is fantastic. The opposition is strong. And they are coming off of not just the past four years of strengthening and, and you know, eating their spinach like Popeyes, but now they're angry because their leader is telling them also that the election was taken from them. So they're going to be, or if you thought the Tea Party was something, baby, we ain't seen nothing yet. So we have to stay committed. Keep Go back to sundaycivics.org. Listen to every episode. That is actually something that I try to do. The episodes I have missed, I go look into the podcast because there is concrete information in there about what we need to do next. And that is what we need. Everyone who stood in those lines, standing in line for 11 hours was not worth the selfie shot. If you are not willing to do the work of getting the policies that we need to see implemented done. Yeah. Well, you know, we'll have, again, adversaries never just go home, right? They don't give up on their own. And I'm not talking, I know, sometimes listening to people talk about enemies or adversaries, people are thinking these are people, they are human beings. Yes, we know all of this. However, if you are actively working in an active manner to take children away from their parents, if you are actively working in a manner to take food out of people's mouths, if you are actively working in a manner to keep power for yourself and leave others destitute because you believed if I don't have all that I have, then I'm going to be destitute, that you cannot share in resources, right? You are an adversary. I mean, that's just it. There's no other way if you believe that I am not entitled just as you are. If you believe someone who in this country is entitled to health care, if you don't believe people are entitled to a quality education, if you don't believe people are entitled to a livable wage job, if you don't believe people are entitled to clean air, if you aren't believe that people are entitled to keep their life from law enforcement, right? If you don't believe in it, you are my adversary. There's no sugarcoating it. There's no making it more. I'm not putting a little piece. I'm not putting no honey. I'm not putting on a no sugar cube. On, like, no, you are an adversary and that is your role. You are, you are trying to take away people's very livelihood. That's right. And so, no, I believe, and as, as a person of faith, yes, I believe, you know, all life being able to protect and start, believe it. I don't believe that because I'm getting stuff for my community, for myself, for my family, for my people, that that leaves you destitute. No, I'm actually trying to get it for everybody. The difference is an adversary doesn't want you to have anything at all. That's the difference. And they might be willing to settle for less to make sure you don't have any. Right, right. So that that is the adversary that we're talking about. I'm not talking about your your you know coworker because they voted for Trump. They're chosen. I don't really care about you know Trump supporters and it. Like if you support Trump, okay, that was your individual choice. Your whatever. But if you fundamentally believe that I don't deserve anything, if you fundamentally believe that Black communities deserve the treatment from law enforcement, the deaths that happen from law, you are an adversary to me, June. I'll say it to your face. Uh, you're 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 my adversary and and. I- not only am I only going to use my outside voice with you, the whole respectability thing is out the window and on no. fire because you don't respect my life. You don't respect the being. And That's a lot right. of them are content with wanting me to die. They are armed to do so. So again, if you're my adversary, once I check out what kind of adversary you are, then I need to adjust accordingly, but still act because just because you're here don't mean that things don't need to be done and our the level of our lives don't need to be elevated. This 
tide will lift all boats if y'all would just sit down and shut it up. What you want? I want you to have what you're entitled to as well. I want you to have health care. And like, I want it for everybody. Again, I'm not saying that we deserve it and you don't, right? And we're not trying to fight so that you don't get to share in this pie. Like, no. this, like when you're trying to implement progressive policies, we're not operating from a scarcity model. It's not no. if I share with you, it takes from me. It's if you get fresh air to breathe, chances are I'm going to get fresh air to breathe too. And we all need the air. Well, you know, it's also for, like you mentioned the scarcity model because we have been told all our lives that if we give you something that there is not enough for everybody else. And no matter your party, no matter who you supported, that is not true. They cut a piece of pie and told you we only have this much left. Did not tell you about the ingredients that exist and the kitchen, June, that exists where we can make pies for everybody. And that's literally what they do, because if they give us a piece of pie, then they make a whole nother pie and go, we sorry we gave them a piece of pie. And here's a whole pie for you. So you don't be mad that we gave them a piece no. of pie. That has to end. No, we're, done we don't, we're not in a scarcity model. And look, going into, you know, and I believe, Lareed, that I don't think the American people, it's really hit people yet. We're, we're talking about it as a talking point about how financially strapped states and local governments are following the pandemic. It hasn't really hit people yet. You know, maybe people who have lost their jobs, they're taking the blame upon themselves, right? You lost your job and you're thinking you uh, failed right now and that you are trying to get yourself back on footing so that you can provide for you and your family, your children, your community, right? You have not failed. That's right. You have not failed, okay? When we see in January, when state legislatures began to go back and they're looking at budgets where they had, one, they're in a deficit, they have not received certain funding from the or support from the federal government because Congress decided, you know, we'll get a Supreme Court justice, but we're not going to provide support to states and American people that are suffering right now. Then you'll begin to see you'll see the news stories, the local news stories about governments, local governments and states needing to cut things because they don't have income coming in. We will need to be on guard. We need to be on the offense. You need to be talking to your state legislators in advance before the holidays because you need them to walk into those budget negotiations knowing what their priorities are and who their priorities are when it comes to structuring a, a budget and needing to do budget cuts and things like that. Communities who are already vulnerable, who are already at that edge, June, can't be the first ones cut. They cannot. And you need to get your next, you, what you, comes next before even we're talking about a inauguration, tickets to inauguration or what that's going to look like in terms of pandemic. You need to engage with your state representatives now, whether it be on social media, whether it be emailing, whether it be scheduling right now, virtual conversations as you are with organizations, block associations, community groups, whatever grouping you happen to be of and ask them or tell them, look, when you go in in North Carolina, when you go in in Pennsylvania, when you go in in New York to those beginning budget negotiations, when you get that reality check of what the state and local government is is dealing with here are our priorities we want to protect the most vulnerable we can't afford to pull safety nets from them because they will plunge further into poverty so I, I need you to go in knowing that that's your priority I need you to go in knowing your priority is our children I need you to go in knowing that we have to rebuild these main streets and support these institutions that hire most of the people that hire most of the companies that hire people in the United States more than half of them are small businesses under under 100 employees 
This is what we need to be on the top of your mind. If you have that on the top of your mind, if the governor is telling you, oh, we got to cut a billion dollars, you're like, okay, <laughs> show us the proposal on the waste we're cutting. You can get a good two, three million of that. Show me, show me all this other, show me all of this other stuff because what we're not going to touch right now are services for the most vulnerable because we're not plunging people further into poverty. That should be what comes next. And we do that before January That's because right. they need to be aware that you are watching now. The cuts are already happening. The checks have already not been coming to some of these local organizations doing imperative work at this time. The money is already drying up. So yes, do what Eljoy said. Get out there, make a plan this week, this week. We can celebrate this weekend maybe monday maybe to tuesday wednesday thursday and friday the, that group you belong to that's been advocating that's been texting or whatever we're, how are we transitioning on our state and local level because trump gonna do what he gonna do biden our president-elect our vice president-elect harris like they have the support they need they will tell us what we need to do continue to stay vigilant we kept the faith we won this round we're moving forward but on the state and local level don't sleep let's get a few days but then we have to make sure that our state representatives and our local representatives know our priorities now so that by the time they do that first conversation believe me they've had conversations already because I could, I've talked to state legislatures here in New York already they can tell me the number already of the deficit that exists in the state of New York city council members can tell me the deficit for New York City so they know that already what they need to hear from you now is here is what I'm looking for you to do and so I need you to know going in this is how you I want you to represent me and then I need you to show your work I need to see you standing up for us I need to see what that looks like not in just press releases are you speaking up for me in budget negotiations are you speaking up for me when you're having a conversation with those agency directors and you're asking it because the governors and mayors are asking them for budgets that eliminates waste and things like that how I, that's what I need you to do. That is a conversation we need to have now so that when January 1 rolls around, those conversations, though they go back to session and things of like that. Some of them will go back to session even before Thanksgiving and Christmas. I think Congress goes back next week that they already know what the priorities are. How can someone represent you if they don't hear from you? This is your regular reminder to talk frequently to the people who represent you so that they know Donna gonna call me. The organization that makes up all of the food pantries in my district are going to call me they need to know that you're going to call them and you want them to show their work we're in a celebratory mood y'all yes we did this one thing but we still have more to do and you know what i invite you to invite a friend to service next week reach out to us on social media at sunday civics at Eljoy williams and stay on for the ride stay on for the lessons civic engagement for grown folks who already vote who are already engaged whether you're eligible or not eligible to vote you still have civic power and if you listen to Sunday Civics here on Sirius XM, Urban View, Channel 126, we're talking powers. We are empowering you to take civic action. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back next Sunday for more Sunday Civics. Have a wonderful day. Hallelujah! It's cool.